Well, I noticed the sermon title this morning was, I Miss You, which is a nice sentiment, but it's not my sermon title. I was surprised to find the sermon title is, Where Are You? And it comes from Genesis 3. So hear the Word of God. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other wild animal that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God say you shall not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the tree in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, nor shall you touch it, or you shall die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eye, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze, And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? seems an odd cry from coming from God to those hiding in the shrubbery. It's an odd cry, for what did the psalmist say? Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I settle in the farthest limits of the sea, you are there. There you're Hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me fast. God is there all the time. Where are you? Not a question I think God ever asking. You know, the last time I preached on this text was three years ago, which makes sense. We are a church that follows the Revised Standard Lectionary. The lectionary is on a three-year rotation, so it follows that I preached this text on the first Sunday in Lent, March 1, 2020. You don't remember the sermon, but what you might remember is that it was the last time our congregation came together for a long, 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 long time. But on that Sunday, the title of my sermon was, Where Are You? And I had no idea that it would be the theme for the next three years. Where are you? 
standing in an empty sanctuary preaching, where are you? (laughs) Back to my news reporting days, recording, editing, putting out on the airwaves, services, hoping someone's out there. Where are you? Trying to figure out how you all were navigating the pandemic. Sad, angry, lonely, scared. Where are you on all of this? As the months turned into years, it's still the question. It was a question that was raised at a meeting I attended this past week filled with pastors and lay people from all sorts of denominations. We met, of all places, at the soccer park, a meeting of church leaders trying to get their grips on what has transpired since 2020. Where are the Gen Zs? Where are the millennials, the the Gen Xers, the boomers? It was over an hour of statistics. According to the statistics, the church has lost in huge, two, in huge percentages two groups of people, young people and those who identify as being liberal. If you believe the statistics and are here on Sunday morning, well then, welcome to the Republican Convention. <laughs> See, it can happen in Nashville. But the point is, Those in charge of keeping the church afloat are trying to figure out where everybody went. Where are you? Why are we not in communion? Why are we not together? Is it something we said? Is it something we did? Is it something we didn't do? Is it something you heard about it? It sounds like we've lost the relationship. Relationships go through times of distance. You've probably been in relationships long enough to know this, that relationships can shift. And there you are trying to figure out why. Why has he gone cold? Why is she not talking? Why are we not having fun anymore? Trying to get to the bottom of it. Where are you? Maybe you know the answer. You know the answer because you're the one who has gone missing. You're the one who is disappointed. You're the one so wounded. So I thought I knew you. Where did you go? So do you just write people off? Is that the thing you do? You write people off in broken relationship, as they say, time wounds all heals. They're gone. The relationship broken. Christianity has been very good at training us to do just that. For thousands of years, we have read this text about Adam and Eve and named it and claimed it as the fall, the fall of humanity. The fall of humanity happened because of a 20-second conversation with a snake. And what it did was ruin thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Reminds me of what Rudy Kalish shares about guys on death row. They're there because of a moment of youthful foolishness, stupid anger, just a few seconds, and the rest of their lives are spent paying for it. Where are you? Death row. Humanity on death row. Because of one man's sin started a pandemic and everyone's sin from then on. And suddenly there was a line that separated the divine from the profane. 
But as you know, Christ came as the antidote, and that should be the good news. But instead of focusing on salvation, we focused on the line. We held fast to the line that separates the holy from the profane, always pointing to the line that keeps us in and others out for one reason or another. Come, let us worship the line. I know the stories of many in this church, in this church, who were hurt by the congregations they grew up in or were in because the church worshipped the line. Beat them up. Cut them out. I'll tell you where you are. God drew a line, and you're no good. But let's get back to the garden and look at what happened. The words of the serpent are not to tempt anyone to be bad, right? The temptation is not to be bad. No temptation is to be bad. That's just being bad. Temptation is to be good, to think you're being good. The temptation is to be God. The serpent said, you will be like God, knowing good and evil. In other words, you'll know where to draw the line. And sure enough, they instantly did. They were exposed, and they tried to cover it up. The relationship broke him. And they could hear the voice of God, Where are you? There's going to be hell to pay. But that wasn't the voice of God. Where are you? Where are you? What happened? You see, in Genesis, God learned something new. God learned disappointment. In creation, where everything was good, 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 oh, this isn't good. God learned that these people that God created, well, they're going to take some work. <laughs> and if you read your Bible, Adam and Eve are the first in a long, 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 long series of people who are just trying to be God, <laughs> thinking they know better, thinking they need to have it all, only to find out that once they have it all, they're missing something. God. Only to find out that God was right there, is right there. Where have you been? Where have you been? Where are you? You see, we have God all wrong. We think of God as someone who wants to have it all. And so we're tempted to be God. I want fame. I want things. I want people to worship me. I want to be like God. But if our eyes were opened, truly opened, we would see that God cannot be exploited. But God emptied himself. 
taking the form of a slave, humbled himself, became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Where are you? Body broken, blood shed for you. I'm looking for you. I miss you. I want you. If you want yourself, if you want to be God, give yourself. So it was that the pastor types gathered at the soccer field. Here's what the statistics said. 44% of the people in Nashville who responded to the poll said that they had experienced physical, psychological, emotional trauma. That is defined as extreme violence. They, they suffered extreme violence sometime in their life, abuse, or a near-death experience, 44%. Imagine if 44% of the people in here have had that kind of trauma. That's some hurting souls. Here's what the statistics said. The most negative critique of those who do not attend church is it's too judgmental. Bunch of people worshiping the line. And we know Jesus saw no line. Saw no line. For God so loved the world, no line. Speaking to sinners, tax collectors, no line. Here's what the statistics said. The number one personal social issue for the church to address is mental illness, followed by suicide, followed by domestic violence, followed by substance abuse, followed by the desire for companionship. Can you hear people crying out, where are you? Do we need any more statistics? God is alive. God is humble. God is giving. God is merciful. God is love. God is hope. God is at work. God is here. God is in you. God is in them. God is good news. Join the good news. Where are you?